Lord, we thank you for this time. We bless you. We praise you. We thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne and to understand what you're saying to us. We are the church. We are your body. We are your bride. And we await your word. And we thank you for your holy word. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. So today we're going to talk about the fact that these occurrences are illegal. There are some things that are for believers that are illegal. Amen. Things that occur to people. Things that may attack us. And, and uh, we may have uh, bouts of these things. But they are not legally ours. Amen. As far as God is concerned. And we should observe that they are not legal. And if something is not legal. What do you do? You call the police. That's you. Amen. You call the popo. And. That is you. You are your own police. Amen. And you arrest these things. You resist them. You you fight them. You keep them from going any farther in your life. And so it's a good thing to understand how to do Holy Ghost arrest warrants in the realm of the spirit. But you've got to believe. And so I think what we're we're doing today is laying a groundwork of faith for us, uh, a good foundation in the word uh, to give us good reason to believe and to respond appropriately uh, to resist the enemy when he tries to put these things on us, uh, resist him because they are not legally ours. Uh, legally, we are redeemed from every curse. We are uh, purchased out of the powers of, of hell and the kingdom of darkness. And so we, we need to exercise our faith and exercise our authority over these forces and don't allow them to become a part of our lives. When we first get wind of them, start to resist then and not wait for a season where we receive it first and then resist it later. You got me? You resist it at the first sign of what goes on. You know, the medical profession has done a tremendous job in talking about preventive medicine. Amen. Getting you to resist before you even get wind that you have something. You know, they talk about, uh, uh, you know, some of the factors, uh, contributing factors in certain kinds of disease. And they'll say preventive maintenance is to do this, do that, do that, do that. And everybody's afraid of disease. Everybody's running away from it. Everybody's scared of everything. But that is not our position. Our position is not one of fear. We don't resist out of fear. We resist out of legal authority to resist these things, that they don't belong to us. They are not part of our inheritance. They are not God-given. And so if they're not God-given, then we must resist them and not succumb to them. And so in a, in the way of resisting and not succumbing, we have to have a, a, a standard way of a position or view, a way of looking at and examining these things uh, if they attack us and try to come upon us. And so if, if we'll do that, if you see, you can build up a faith immunity to disease. You can build up an immunity by your faith to all disease. You can just, uh, just, there's a way that your, your spirit man responds to these things when he knows they're illegal. And if we'll allow our spirit man to, to set up 
the defense and set up the response and, and obey what your spirit man is saying, we'll come out of these things unscathed. We'll come out of them with not one one uh, occurrence of these things amen and so if in and if sickness does attach to uh try to attack us it we don't have to respond to it by allowing it to to settle in on us you can resist the devil just like you resist uh, the temptation to steal or the temptation to to fall into sexual sin or anything like that you can resist sickness the same way you can resist poverty the same way. So these things are, are illegal. Sickness is one. Poverty is the other one. Eternal damnation is the other one. And demonic harassment and possession is the other one. All of those are illegal for us. And it's because we have a blood covenant with God. And our job as believers is to explore all the benefits of the covenant to make yourself familiar with what it is that God has for you, what he's given you and what he, he has imparted to you so that you can know what belongs to you. Amen. These things are already given. You're not waiting on God to give you anything. Once you've accepted Christ and the Holy Spirit lives in you, you have the whole package. You just have to check in with the Holy Ghost and find out how to minister out of that package that God has given you. And that package is always a, a faith package. Amen. It's not something you're going to see in the natural. It starts out invisible, but it winds up totally visible. All your symptoms must disappear because God says so. All of your, you must have provision that you need for every single thing. Every need in your life must be covered with abundance because God says so. So it's up to us to take him at his word. It's up to us to believe his word. And it's up to us to understand what it is that we have. You gotta explore the Bible and become familiar with what it is that you have in God, what he's given you, and how to minister these things in your life, how to execute your arrest warrant, how to maintain what it is that God has given you, how to chase disease from your body, how to do all of those things so that you won't suffer uh, the the same plagues and the same diseases that people in the world, that what the world has is not for you. Amen. You know, now we get all enamored with stuff. I see people on Facebook talking about, uh, you know, God has blessed me and you never see them praying for anybody. You never see them leading anybody to the Lord. If they do it, they don't make it prominent. And I'm thinking to myself, he's blessed you to do what? To be a blessing to somebody else. Amen. We don't need to see your stuff that you got on credit. You understand what I'm saying? People in the world can do that. In fact, a lot of times people in the world do better. Amen. <laughs> so, so don't show me your stuff and talk about how God has blessed you. Show me something that God has given to you that money cannot buy. You know, show me your children uh, in church obeying God and going out ministering with you on the streets to people. Show me feed you feeding the homeless people and doing it regularly, not just once a year when people at your church are taking pictures. Do it on a consistent basis. Amen. 
Show me what God has blessed you with. What's he put in your hand that's eternal? This is this is what the blessings consist of. Because trust me, God feeds all his children. He clothes all his children. You know, that's a given already. And not that we, we should take it for granted or anything like that. But, but don't boast on what your faith has done for you unless it steps out into the, out of the ordinary. This, this is something that takes supernatural, uh, effort. Some faith, some, some faith effort on your part to pull in. And so these are the things that, that God is interested in his children doing. He wants us to do the works of him that sent us while we can. Amen. While it's day. Do the works of him. And so we'll engage ourselves in doing the works of God and always being there for people. Always being there to show somebody that God loves them. Always being there for the things that God has for us. And and ask God to make it easy. Amen. Don't don't go through a lot of uh changes and and all of this stuff and and thinking it's so hard and oh oh you know I'm it was hard for me the last time I I got out there and you know people didn't want to hear or or you know yada yada that's never true. God'll open doors for you. Amen. You may think it's hard before you get there, but you get in that place of ministry and see if God won't open that door for you and open it wide. Amen. And you can walk through that door and do what God has for you to do. And it, it does not take much, you know. I know COVID tried to shut down a lot of things. You know, I, it was common for me to run into people in, in supermarkets. I give out so many prayer cloths and, and those little newsletters are healing newsletters or a bookmark with scripture on it that they could meditate on it was just real common for me to have that door open regularly and then COVID hit and then people start dis use social distance six feet apart well if you do that you can't cross that line and go talk to somebody about the Lord amen and so when when that lifts you you can can find a way to do things so we just started doing it online and sending it to people in the mail uh you know you do the next open door you know if the devil closes one you ask god to open another one and you do the next open door amen i got a a a text message from uh someone a minister that i had hadn't seen him online in a long time and when i finally did see him again he started sharing that his health had been uh jeopardized and he had had several bouts and you could see where god uh, put in him that that grit and determination to get his healing you know what i'm saying and and even though he he had several attacks before he finally got his total healing uh god did deliver for him and he was totally healed hadn't been in the hospital again and he was getting back on his feet and so i reached out to him and i said well well brother i got some things i want to send you i said just give me your address and for a while he didn't have an address the enemy fought that and and uh you know because he had to go into rehabilitation for a season and the building that he sh- he lived in they shut it down and couldn't receive any packages there you know just a lot of things and but he persevered praise god you know god is with you in these things amen and he persevered and he was he reminded me this has been like 2 years ago i think um that that he had that uh that challenge 
And, uh, so I texted him. He texted me or something a few days ago. And he said, he said, I sleep on that pillow you sent me every night. He said, and I pray for you every night. And I said, praise God. Isn't that wonderful? So it's not always just for you. You know, I mean, you get the benefit of these things. And I said, you know, it does me a lot of good to know somebody's thinking about me and prays for me every, you know what I'm saying? And so those things are the things that you, you look at and you say, God, it was nothing for me to send that to him. You know, I mean, we have so much, it's like a routine thing for us, but it means something when it, when it gets to the person and they see God minister to them, uh, through these things. So, so it helps. It, it all helps folks. And, and God will take care of you through the seeds that you sow. It's important to, to sow those seeds because that's growing in your heart. It's growing in your garden. It's growing for you to reap at the right time. And so it, it's just good to, to really be aware how God takes care of us and how he uses uh, the things that we do. And so uh, sickness is the first thing we're going to talk about. That thing is illegal. Amen. And you got to treat it like an enemy. You got to treat it illegal and and keep resisting, keep resisting, keep speaking against it and keep thanking God that you're healed. Keep that pressure on the enemy to remove that so that that you can live free of all symptoms and we are disease free amen in deuteronomy 7 if you'll go there and uh now let's go to exodus 15 first i want to establish this is that god established a statute and an ordinance with his people Um, this means that this is not a one-time occurrence amen when he when he sets forth a standard you know this this ordinance is a law a statute is a legal uh is a legal um uh proceeding or a legal statement of fact and command that god has put into the earth that cannot be violated amen it, it cannot be violated he's not going to go back on his word and so these are things that we need to understand that um they're true for all time this just wasn't for israel in the wilderness this is for you in in your wilderness this is for you in your your large room in your place of blessing it's it's a law that's in effect all the time amen and so right this is right after israel had uh come across the red sea amen and and they had uh, endured uh, Egypt for 250 years. You know, that's a long time. And, and it was time for their deliverance. So God knows when it's time for your deliverance. Amen. Now with us as believers, today is a day of salvation. Now is the appointed time. Why is that true? Because of Calvary. Because of what Jesus did to pay total price for everything that we need, it's all paid for and it's freely given to us if we'll believe. Amen. And so we have an acceleration on our ability to receive. So really, according to God's word now, you can receive at any time. Amen. You just got to believe you received it when you pray and it will come to pass. You've got to believe it'll come to pass. 
And so the enemy will do his job now is to do everything that he can to disconnect us from it coming to pass. Make us think that it's been so long it won't happen or to faint in our hearts and give up in our hearts because, you know, whatever it is he's using to discourage us, that's what he does. So we have a different kind of warfare now. We have the warfare of holding on to our faith and what we believe until it comes to pass. Amen. And so in, in, but with Israel, God had set them up. They were just believing, uh, just beginning in their faith walk with God. And so he's training them and he's teaching them and he's laying down laws as he goes along with them. So as he answers a prayer for them or as he answers a need, you will see him lay down a law. He said, if you'll do this, then I will always do this for you. So these laws are not something that come and go. They are not for a season and they lift. They're not for a time and they go away. These things are always, these laws are always in a force and in effect. You know, people are, Christians are funny. We're good at wanting to to put a, a limit and a start and a stop date on what God does. You know, we'll want to say, well, this is the season for this and that. It's always the season for health and wholeness. You tell somebody who's waiting on God to touch their body that it's not their season. And they'll tell you, no, it's coming to pass. I'm believing God for it now. Mine is going to show up any day now, you know. In fact, I have it by faith. So it's up to God to bring it to pass. And I'm, I'm trusting him. I'm not trusting your words. I don't need you to add anything to my word that I have in God. And this is how the just live. Just people live like that. You're being justified by your faith, which means that there's no law against you receiving it at the time you desire it. The woman with the issue of blood said, just let me touch his clothes and I'll get mine. Amen. And she did it and she received it. And so this is how faith operates. Faith sets the time. Faith sets the date. Faith sets everything for us. And you need your faith to be working so that you can receive now. There's no, because he's already given it, you should put your heart and your mind into receiving now and not waiting on anything. Faith does not wait. Patience does. Amen. So faith is always in the now. Amen. Hope is in the future. Yeah, we hope for those things, but faith says we have now what we hope for. Amen. Because Jesus has already given it to us. So don't ever put your answer off in the vague future somewhere. No, I'm healed now. I have it now. I receive it now. It's mine now. And Lord, I thank you that my healing is now. It's it's happened now. Amen. Well, how come you still have so-and-so? I don't care about that. I'm not walking by sight. I'm walking by faith. And my faith tells me it is mine now. Amen. And so this is how we live under the new covenant. And it's a wonderful covenant, but we have our challenges just like Israel had their challenges. And so after the uh, God brought them out of Egypt, he brought them out of of Pharaoh's clutches miraculously. They saw the Red Sea open up and let them come across. And then it swallowed up the enemy, so their enemy is no more. 
now they should be free to live for God. Amen. But, but we've still got some work to do. We've got to trust God more than just a few minutes and a few hours. Amen. So he's teaching Israel how to walk by faith, how to trust him every day, how to believe him for every single need that they have. And so they sing a song of deliverance. They sing a song of, of, um, rejoicing. You know, Miriam, the prophetess, gets out with her tambourine and they dance and they sing before the Lord. And then they start on their journey. And three days later, they've already pretty much most of them lost faith in God. Amen. Well, you know, we laughing at them, but how long does it take you for you start listening to the devil telling you it won't happen? It's taking too long. See, for them, three days was long. For us, two days might be too long. You start doubting and all these thoughts run through your head. When you don't get condemned because thoughts run through your head, just let them keep running. And say, devil, at the end of the day, it's still coming to pass. It's still going to happen. I don't care what it looks like. It's still going to happen. I don't care who says what about it. It's still coming to pass. I'm not bringing it to pass. God is. And I'm trusting him. And so this is the way we have to live. This is how faith people live. I remember Fred Price saying something that I it shocked me. It sent shockwaves through my brain when I heard him say it. Because, and because time is such an enemy to us off and on. You know, at some points we conquer it. And then another point, it starts to creep us up, 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 up on us again. And he was saying, he said, now when you pray and you must believe that God's already done it and receive your blessing by faith. He said, and from that day forward, time can't mean anything to you anymore. And I thought, my goodness, <laughs> really? <laughs> But it's very true. See, you have to make a decision that time is not your enemy. Time doesn't mean anything. Time is not a factor because it really isn't. Because the things that you have, if you receive it, if you have it already, what does time matter anyway? You should be oblivious to time. Amen? If you have it already. And then you must trust God that he's not a man that he should lie. And he's not the son of man that he should change his mind. See, God's not changing his mind about doing anything for anybody. He's already given the blood of his son as payment for it. So if it's paid for already, what are you quibbling about? What are you nervous about? What are you concerned about? Amen? It's paid for already. You can't pay for it. And you can't make it happen. God's got to bring it to pass. So you're right back to square one. God, I trust you. God, my head has been spinning all day long about when it's going to happen, if you're going to do it. Did I hear from you when I first prayed? You know, all this crazy stuff that we go through. Well, if you didn't hear from him when you first prayed, are you hearing from him now? Huh? See, you're never out of the game. You, you're always, you can always put yourself back in the game. Amen. Yeah. 
You can, you can, you can pick your faith back up again. Wherever you left it off, you can go pick it back up again and continue to believe. And just let that be your, your, your guide and your rule. God, I've, 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 I've wandered away from believing you. I've wandered over into the wilderness of it's, there's lack here. There's nothing here. There's, you know, nothing but desert sand or, or whatever. No water, no food. I'm just out here with nothing, God. I've wandered over into that place and put my confidence there. So you just need to repent and wander right on back to provision, plenty, the faith where, where God is there active and operating in your life all the time. Get into some worship. You know, in the place of worry, do worship. Amen. In the place of fear, do, do faith and thanksgiving. Amen. And just allow your, your spirit man to revive and allow him to grab on and take over again and not be concerned. And so, um, Moses led the people. It says in, in 15 verse 22. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. And they went into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Amen. So it wasn't wrong to look for water, but they looked and found none. There's a reason that we look and don't find what we're looking for. Amen. There's a reason. So what we need to do as believers is find out the reason that they looked and found none and then undo what they did or not do what they did or find out what the issue and the problem was and then go ahead and correct it in God and expect again. Amen. So, so this is the life of faith. It's a life of, of finding God, getting his word. Hiding it in our hearts, believing we receive and walking on by faith and, and staying in faith as much as possible. Because there are times when our, we will drift off, we will get diverted, we will get distracted. Amen. Anytime the thought comes to us that, wow, we've been walking in this wilderness one day already and we don't have nothing. Amen. Two days already and we don't see anything. Three days already. See, God starts us out in his kingdom with nothing. I can't stress this enough. If he's going to get the glory, he starts you out with nothing but his word. Amen. What did Peter have when he decided he went out, wanted to get out of the boat? And walk to Jesus. He had nothing but his word. Amen. That boat was his security. Until he stepped out on the water. Amen. And he found out he wasn't as familiar with walking on water. As he was with being in the boat. See when you. When your faith is being tested. You will continually gravitate back to what's familiar. That's just kind of average for people. Don't, don't look at that as, oh, yeah, yeah, look at Peter. <laughs> you do it. The thought wouldn't occur to most of us to even try that. Amen. Cause we're so tied to the natural. 
But Peter had these bouts of, of these flashes of supernatural power that would, and desire and delight that would come upon him, just like we all do. We hear the word and we get excited about it and, and we want to receive that, want what God has for us. You know, we, we do it a lot with healing, with our health. We're so convinced that we have it right now. And then when symptoms persist, we kind of get a little worn down. Amen. Everybody does that. Don't condemn yourself because you react in the natural to things. God's working on that natural man. You know, getting him uh, under authority so that your supernatural man can rise up. God's aware of what you're up against. He knows of how much, how anxious you get about things when, when they come upon you. He knows that. But he's already made provision for that too. I mean, we're not hopeless cases because we don't believe perfectly all the time. And we don't know what perfect believing is anyway. I mean, I wouldn't know if it, I met it on the street, probably. But I thank God he knows. And I thank God he'll get me to the place where I believe, where my faith pleases him. Amen. Where I get that Holy Ghost. You did it, girl. You, you got that. You hung in there. You, you continue to believe against all odds. Amen. And that's what you want. You don't want to go through that process. Everybody wants to see it instantaneously. We want our eyes to behold that promise. Poof. Instant. But it doesn't happen all that, that way all the time. Even the things that we put our confidence in temporarily aren't instant fixes. Amen. Medication isn't an instant fix. Any doctor worth his salt will tell you, we, well, let's try this one. They're always trying something. We try this one and see if it works. They never guarantee you that, that anything is going to work for you. So you're always on tryouts with them. With God, it's a sure thing. You stay with that word, that word will come to pass. If it's believed, it'll come to pass. Amen. And, and guard your heart and your mind and your mouth against these things that bring, create doubt and, and cause you to waver and, and make you think God won't come through for you. And so it, that's what it's all about is do you believe God or don't you? Amen. And at the end of the day, if you can say, God, I had so many times today where I had doubt running through my mind, but I thank you, Lord, that I am healed. I believe I received it when I prayed and I still have it, Lord. At, after a rough day, I still have what you have given me. I didn't let go of it. And so this is the way believers live, folks, until, until you're fully persuaded. God is letting us get fully persuaded on these things. Persuaded in such a way that we don't doubt. And if you don't doubt in your heart, you'll hold on to it. Amen. You'll hold on to it in your heart. Amen. And so that's, that's the way he wants us to be. Sometimes we have relationships that, that, that start out okay and then they get rocky and, and can you get with God and make it okay again? He's waiting on us to do some of those things. Amen. And so it, it's, it's that way for us is, is everything he wants us. He wants us to hold on to everything that he's given us. Amen. And, and this is the way believers live. So, so, okay. So they, they get there, they're three days in the wilderness and they didn't find water. Now it's not that water wasn't there. They didn't find it. What do you think is happening that they can't find it? Huh? 
Well, what did Israel always get in trouble for? Murmuring and complaining. Huh? What's in your heart? See, Egypt is still in their hearts. And in Egypt, they had to work hard. And they were slaves, but they had stuff. So they're remembering that they had stuff. And so many of them, and they would even say it. Would to God we stayed in Egypt. God, you led us out here to kill us in the desert. We're not going to live. We can't get what we want when we want it. And so when we start out in our covenant with God and our life of faith, he makes it so that we cannot get what we want when we want it. We've got to go through him. Amen. We have to believe him. Like you may have a a bill that needs to be paid. And you're looking for the extra money to pay it. Or you may have a, a something you want to purchase. And you're looking around for the means to be able to, to purchase it. And the means are not there. Amen? Well, God could put it right up there for you. He could make it available for you. But he's waiting for you to use your faith in him and trust him to get it. He doesn't want you all the time running out grabbing everything that you think you might want. He wants to bless you with it himself. Amen. You know, my late husband used to say that to to me sometimes. He would see what I where I'd just gone and bought something. You know, I just I would have buying fits. I didn't buy all the time. But if I know I needed stuff, you know, it might be two or three years before I bought any clothes or anything. But I would go out and get them because I needed them. And I had put off getting them long enough. And he would see something there that he was wanting to get for me for Christmas or something like that. And he said, well, why don't you wait for me to, to get it for you? I wanted to get that for you. You know what I'm saying? Well, you never let me know. You know, God's not like that. I mean, he's not a man. God lets us know up front everything that he has for us. He lets us know up front everything that he's going to do for us. Amen. So that we can trust and rely and trust on him. Amen. So we're not just believing out of nowhere. We have his word that he's going to do these things. We have his word that these things are freely granted to us. We have his word that we can count on him for as long as it takes for it to manifest for us in our natural realm. God is working on it. He heard that and he's at work on it. He's not, we don't have to wake him up and remind him, you know, God, I need this. You're working on it. We need to get up thanking him. God, I thank you that you said it's mine already. And wherever it is, you're working on it. You heard me and I believe that I received it already and it will come to pass. Amen. It will be as your word says, it will come to pass. And so we have to keep ourselves in a place of believing. Keep ourselves in a place of encouragement. Keep ourselves in a place of of always knowing that God is working on it. And and if he's working on it, then we should be working on us to keep ourselves in faith that he's working on it. Amen. Grab another scripture. Meditate a little longer. Worship him a little longer. Thank him again and again. Let him know that we're standing and believing him. Send up that that you know, that fragrance of worship 
so that he can know that we're we're trusting him and believing him. So Israel walked for three days and found no water. And when they came to Mara, they could not drink the waters of Mara because they were what? And how do you think they were bitter? Yeah, you know, you tend to to have what you say. Your words will guide you to what your words are speaking. If you say it's no use, it's not going to happen, you know, it's too late, or, you know, whoever said, you know, I couldn't have it, I believe them instead of believing God. Amen. See? And so once you, your those words will come to pass. Amen. They will come to pass. If you're believing something other than what God told you, you're going to get some of that. Now, it's not that you can't repent and God can reverse it. That is very true. Amen. He never gives up on us. He wants us to learn how to serve him because you'll see what he did with Israel. He didn't give up on them. Amen. And so he was always there for them if they would repent and turn around and begin to believe him again. And so when they got to this bitter water, they couldn't drink it. When it says bitter, it means it was poison. Amen. Or it might have been stagnant. Sometimes they could smell it before they got there. Amen. And that's really the fragrance that they got from that water is what God got from what they were doing. You got me? Because it penetrates in all atmospheres. Amen. If you come into to the house of worship full of faith, that will be reflected in the atmosphere. If everybody comes in full of faith and encouragement, then that will be reflected in the atmosphere. Amen. You know, the reason sometimes we don't get as much from God is that we don't put any faith into it. You know, you got to be as full of faith for your worship service and for where you are right now as you are for anything else. Just carry that aroma with you so that God can smell that and he can be blessed by it. And he can always send you some help and send you, you know, sometimes your your fragrance is very distinctive of who you are. Amen. And, and, and even in the natural, sometimes, you know, people used to tell me they hated it and they loved it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, whatever it is that I wear, you know, it's, it's, it'll ring both ways, you know, but people knew I was coming before I even got here. You know what I'm saying? I mean, sometimes that's God too, because God amplifies, you know, we wish that perfume would, would last that long. Most of it you buy, it wears off so fast, nobody, you can barely enjoy it yourself. But, but, you know, it, it'll resonate like that in the, in the, the spirit and the natural realm. And so, so God would, would check them for their smell. <laughs> he checks us for our smell. What are you releasing? What are you exuding into the atmosphere? What are you letting go into the atmosphere? Is there rejoicing and joy and gladness about you? Is there, is there a peace about you? Amen. Is there enjoyment about, are you enjoying what God's provided for you? Amen. I mean, really enjoying it. And so, so God releases, we release these, these, uh, odors into the atmosphere. And so the water was bitter because they were bitter. And the people murmured against Moses saying, what shall we drink? Amen. 
Now, we don't know if it came after they saw the bitter water or before. Because you go one day and you don't see anything and you'll start to complain. Amen. And this is a new territory. You never passed this way before. You go two days and you'll complain because you don't see anything. And so here they were three days. And so it, it really began to tell on them. And the people murmured against Moses saying, what shall we drink? Verse 24 and verse 25. And he cried unto the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance and he tested them or proved them. So many times we lack temporarily folks lack is not permanent in our lives we may lack temporarily because we have lost focus of God's provision we have lost connection with him as our provider see they they didn't have to ask Moses this they just could have thanked God and said God you know show us where our provision is I know you've provided for me. Just lead me to my provision. Amen. Make my steps. And this is the way God operates with us. He He orders our steps in the way we should go so that there's provision for us. So there's health for us. So there's all these things that we, he orders us in the way of the blessing that he has for us. He's not ordering our steps into mischief or, or anything like that. Amen. But these, but Israel decided to shut down. Remember that song they sang three days ago, the horse and rider thrown into the sea and they were all happy and God had provided for them. Well, as long as they could see provision, they were full of joy. But when they couldn't see it, then the joy left them. And what God is trying to do is get them to live by faith and know that their next step may be their place of joy. Their next step may be their place of total eradication of their symptoms. Their next step might be the place where God fully blesses them. Amen. And takes away whatever it is the enemy's trying to, 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 uh, exalt himself in. And so once they get there, they, he showed them a tree, which when they cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. Now they're drinking the same water. What's, what makes the difference? Why, why wouldn't some of them just look at it and say, uh, uh-uh, uh, I ain't drinking that. That's still poison. I'm not doing, they must have been able to see a difference in it. Where God showed them. See, he proved them, but he also, he proved to them that, that there was a difference. Amen. And sometimes the fact, I think their faith got restored because Moses did something for them. See, whatever they did, they must have put their confidence in Moses as their leader because then they were able to trust that that water was made drinkable for them and they were able to drink that water. Amen. And everybody, or, you know, some of the people, the back of the line people, they look and see if nobody got sick and nobody... But they were all living on natural faith. Amen. I mean, if that's all you have, that's what God will use. Amen. 
So they were all looking for something to transpire in the natural so that they can put their trust in God again. So, so they took that branch from that tree and the waters were made sweet, which means that something tra- tra- uh, changed in that water to cause them to put their trust that they could drink it. Amen. But there he made for them a statute and ordinance. Now, God is expecting them to live by his rules from now on. Amen. He's expecting them to step up their game and begin to live by his commands. And so in, in by doing that, what God does when he does that, when he puts a command on us and he puts a law in force for us, it is for our, we can rely on that. It's to build trust in him. It's not to make it too hard for us. Amen. I don't know why we think when we say live by faith, we say, oh, no, not that. Oh, boy, here we go. I won't get anything for a long time. It's going to take a long time. Well, your faith can be activated anytime. In fact, I know for a fact that God will use the minute you start to exercise your faith, He will send you something of a confirmation to let you, to encourage you that you made the right move. Amen. You did the right thing by trusting him. You did the right thing by saying, I believe I receive it now. I have it. He'll give you peace. He'll give you rejoicing. He'll give you an uplift in your spirit. He will somehow confirm to you that you made the right decision. And so he expects us to continue in that faith so that we won't run out. We won't run into lack. He doesn't like to see his children lacking anything. He wants to see us live in abundance. Amen. That's that's his goal for us. And so what he did here, he made a statute and an ordinance that really obligated him just as much as it obligated Israel. So it obligated Israel to obey him, and then he obligated himself to meet their needs. And so it's all covenants are are two-way, amen? They're two-way. We have to believe and show our faith in God, and then he's obligated to produce for us. He's obligated to do what he says he's going to do. And he says, if you will diligently, not here and there, not when you have a need only, just, not just when you want something, but diligently every day, every hour of every day. Listen for my word. Keep your ears open to what I say. Give ear to my commands. In other words, listen to my commandments and do them. And keep my statutes. In other words, to do what my word says to do. I will put no disease upon you. That you already know about. See they've already suffered disease in Egypt. They had it just like the Egyptians had it. They said the diseases of Egypt that you know of. Amen. So they were susceptible to disease. They didn't have a priesthood. They didn't have the prophet. They had people that God would raise up here and there. But pretty much God had been silent to them for all those years. So they lived just like the Egyptians lived. They live with bouts of sickness. They live with bouts of this and that. Now I'm sure there was, there was here and there, there were people who knew how to contact God. You know, he's never totally cut off from people. Amen. 
Somebody did what Abraham did, built an altar to God and worshipped him and was able to get through to God and they saw God still do miracles here and there. But the miracles kind of dried up until Moses came on the scene. God began to raise up a deliverer to get those people out of there and bring them over into a land where they could really be blessed the way he wanted to bless them. But in order to be blessed, you got to obey God. Amen. You got to know what his law says and you got to obey what his law says. And so here they are in a new territory, in a new land, and God gives them this prescription, first prescription for divine health. Amen. And he says, just obey my words. Do what I tell you to do and you'll walk in health. Amen. But God, I'm doing that, I'm doing that, and I'm doing that, and I still got this, that, and the other. It's going to leave. You just keep doing it. See, the fine print is that word diligently. And we don't define what diligent is. God defines what it is. Amen? So when your faith pleases God, when you do it consistently the way God says to do it, then he will bless Amen. He wants to, he wants people down here who are going to obey him all the time. Amen. You know, parents, when you raise your children, you expect them to do, if you teach them things to do to keep the house together and you go visit their house and it's all tore up from the flow up after they've left home, you know, your heart sinks. It's like, you know, you weren't raised like that. I mean, come on, clean this place up. This looks like somebody else lives here. Amen. No child of mine is supposed to be living like this. Amen. And so it's, it's, it's the same thing with God. He expects us to obey him whether he's looking and whether he's not looking. When we're around the saints and when we ain't around the saints. Amen. He expects us because that's how he gets glory out of us. That's how we glorify God. Is uh, carrying out his rules and carrying out his his orders. Amen. And we need to look like the children of God. We need to look like the people who who have the word of reconciliation in us. We know how to bring peace in situations. We know how to bring people together who were not who were torn apart. You know, men families, big, you know, men fences, all that kind of stuff. We need to look like those people all the time. God's dependent on us to do those things. And so so he tells them, diligently listen to me. Anybody can listen to God when you need something, when you need a bill paid, or you need, you know, just come to the altar when you have a need. Come on now, you need to be at the altar worshiping when you don't have needs. Amen? And that way maybe your needs wouldn't, wouldn't be so severe. So it's diligence that he's looking for. It's not just obeying the things you think are easy to obey. You know, anybody can do that. So, so it's, it's the tough times. Amen. That he wants us to keep our, his commandments and his statutes. He says, I'll put none, 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 none of these diseases, not even the ones that are incurable. You know, we're good believing God for a headache or believing him for a pain. But when it comes to something that can't be cured by man, then we're all falling apart. Diseases, one disease is the same as the other to God. Amen. He can fix one. He can fix all of them. But we need to get that mountain out of our minds that this thing is so hard. 
Amen. And the the minute you mention the word miracle, that just, oh boy, I need a miracle. You know, that kind of, we just, we make it hard for ourselves. Amen. Because we don't allow God to show us how he sees things. He even gives us permission to speak to mountains and expect them to move. Amen. And just get out of our way. Amen. And so when, when, when we see this, we see things how God sees them. And then we're able to bring more things into the natural realm with our faith. Amen. When you start to see this mountain is nothing for God. This is the way he sees it. It's nothing for him. And it it should look that way to you too. Boy, this is nothing for God. Let me speak to this thing now and curse it and, and command it to shrink, shrivel up and die in the name of Jesus. Amen. The blood of Jesus is paid for me to be free from this thing. And, and, and let's move on in expectation that, that, that the, the manifestation is coming to pass. Amen. Just keep believing that it will happen and it will happen. Never put it off into the realm of impossible for God. Remember, you're not bringing anything to pass. He's doing it. Amen. And he's given you his word that it's done as far as he's concerned. There's nothing left for you to do but believe. So he says, if you keep all of his statutes. Now, back in in those times, they hadn't even been given Moses' law yet, but it was coming that there would be ten commandments they were expected to keep. Well, we only have one, at the most two, and that's the commandment to love. And how many of us flunk that? Because we think we have a right to hate. Amen? Amen. The devil is, you know, he kind of rough, you know, if he sees you loving, he gonna be hating and trying to get you over. When he sees you loving, you're gonna be hating. <laughs> Just remember that. He gonna be hating and gonna be wanting to pull you over on his side. Amen. So you don't hate for anybody. You'll find people in the church that try to give you little slick ways of hating people. Want to come to you and talk about somebody because they suspect you don't like them. Amen. The devil is, he's crafty. Why does he try so hard to get us to hate? Because he knows that's our ticket to everything. He gets you to, he gets you out of love. He knows he's got everything, got you, got your house, got your goods, got your kids, got everything that you own. But if you can, can stay in love and stay in forgiveness toward every, just instantly forgive. You know, don't think about it. Don't sit up and think about what they did and they were wrong and you were right. You never right if you're trying to hold on to that. Amen. That just ain't right, period. Amen. You don't have license to hate. We have license to love. We're allowed to love everybody. Amen. So the, the word says, if you diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God, do what's right in his sight, not your sight, his sight. Amen. Give ear to his commandments. Always be open to listen to God's word. And it doesn't matter who tells it to you. Amen. There are some people we just don't like the way they come at us, but they're telling us God's word. God's testing you to see if you'll obey this. He's not testing them. 
We think because they sound nasty and mean that, that they're wrong. They just sound that way to you. Ow! Could that mean I'm hearing wrong? Yeah, why you think Jesus said be careful how you hear? You gotta be listening for his word. You don't listen for who's saying it. You know, God got me good on that. You know, we had, I was in a church and, you know, there are a lot of religious people and they were always backbiting you and giving you a hard time. And God was trying to open a door for me to minister there. In fact, he did. But, you know, there was, there was hell to pay because 15 people didn't like it. And they all talked to the pastor continually and I never did. You understand what I'm saying? And so if you're intimidated by numbers, you're gonna, gonna feel the sting and the smart of it. Amen? So, and I remember one of them getting, and, and none of them could preach. And I remember one of them getting up and I was shifting in my seat and hemming and hawing and, and the Lord says, she's preaching my word. He said, you always pay attention to my word, no matter who preaches it. So he got me good. You know, and you think you're right on the time, all the time because you're being persecuted and lambasted, but you can be just as wrong as they are. See, the devil wants to get you over in their territory. Huh? If he sees you loving, he's going to be hating. Amen. So you got to remember that. Amen. <laughs> he's going to be hating. If you loving, he's going to be hating. If you're forgiving, he's going to be hating and trying to drag you over with him. On the, on the pretense that you're right and they're wrong. You got me? Which it doesn't mean anything to God anyway. He shed his blood for the right and the wrong. Amen. All y'all right people need to have a bloodbath just like we all, all the wrong people do. Amen. So, so God will test us on these things. He want us, he wants us diligent in obeying him, not just here and there. Or with people we like or people who haven't done us wrong or people always giving us stuff and you know what I'm saying. You know, you can get flattered and get over in the flesh and lose everything that you have in God. No, the enemy has all kinds of ways of getting us on his turf. He can nice us over there. He can flatter us over there. He can beat us up over there. (laughs) Amen. All kinds of ways. And it says, he says, I am the Lord that heals you. I don't make you sick. I heal you. Amen. I don't put disease on you. I heal you. Amen. Them other people get disease because they don't have a blood covering that you have. Amen. But you don't get not rightfully yours. In other words, it is illegal when you're obeying God for disease to land on you. Well, what's wrong with a, you need to speak to him. You need to go arrest the devil and kick him out of your life and tell him who you are, whose you are, and whom you serve. That's all you need to do. You just need to arrest him, get him out of your life. And he must leave. Amen. He's got to go. Well, I did that already. Keep doing it. Faith keeps doing it. Amen. Faith doesn't quit. It keeps doing it. Faith is not tied to the natural. You don't do it and, and, you know, until you see something happen. You do it period. Amen. Uh, All of the things that we do every, every day by faith, we should do every day by faith no matter what's, what's been answered and what's not been answered yet. 
That's called living by faith. It's called being justified by God. Just people live by faith. They do it consistently all the time. So once he set up that ordinance, he told them what he would do for them if they would do what he says to do. That's a fair exchange. And then they came to a place called Elam where there were, guess what? Uh Uh-huh. Now, when did that happen? It had been there all the time. Come on now. If y'all don't see that, now that's something to rejoice about. That ain't something to get mad at God about. How come you didn't show this stuff when we was thirsty? Huh? I mean, people do that. You're either too early, too late, too little, not enough, too much. Yeah, whatever. It's never right for some people. See, when people have that critical thing in them, nothing's ever right. Amen? Nothing's ever right. And so we have to lose that. We have to let that, let that thing cave in and, and be destroyed. Let that yoke be dismantled that wants to tie us to, uh, not being satisfied or, you know, being negative on things. Uh, in the life that God has given us. I look at how some people, you know, we talk about ministry and everybody wants a ministry until God gives them something to do they don't want to do. That's true. See, your flesh wasn't called a ministry, your spirit man was. That's your flesh that don't want to do what God says to do. We're looking for something high and mighty. Amen. See, we look at at people who have built a ministry and we don't realize they started where we are right now. They started with a seed. It wasn't it wasn't a big thing. You know, sometimes God would give them a glimpse of what they were headed to, but you don't just live in that. That goes away and then you're stuck back with your seed. <laughs> your seed of a ministry. Like Joyce Meyer started out in somebody's basement or her basement. And she said she was smoking cigarettes and wearing hot pants when she first taught the Bible. She didn't know any better. You don't get a worldwide ministry smoking cigarettes and and wearing hot pants while you preach the word. You have to grow into that. You have to lead them shorts alone, you know, and go get you. If you go wear pants, get some long ones. You know what I'm saying. You know, you know what I'm saying. You, You grow into things. In God. If he gave you full blown stuff, you number one, you wouldn't have the, the mental capacity to handle the pressure of it. Your ability to, to go to sleep at night while God's expecting you to do things the next day has to grow. Or you won't sleep at all. You got me? And so, so these things, God knows what he's doing with us. He gives you that seed and to see if you're going to try to, to keep that seed planted and water and nurture it while it's still small. Amen. And, and see where it goes from there. And everybody's not promised mega anything. You just promised to do what God sets before you to do. Amen. You know, you, you people, the people we admire, you know, Lester Sumrall had to take his children when they, they got big enough for for to travel with him they he didn't want them to miss their father forever so he would believe god for money to take the whole family and and they would go and live somewhere with him well you take your small children to live in a place like the philippines in the jungle 
And you see people dropping dead around them, catching malaria, catching TB, catching everything. You got to make sure your faith is up there so everybody will live and come out of there alive and not permanently damaged by some disease. Amen. And so, you know, you, you, these, these things we have to learn in God. It's not, get your eyes off of something on television, you know, and somebody's name that you think is all wonderful. We're not all called to be wonderful, but we are called to serve the wonderful one. Amen. And to be his servants and be his ambassadors. Amen. And so once we grab hold of what it means to really obey God, I think we'll have a lot more peace. And then once you have peace, you'll expect good things to happen. You know, you'll expect your healing to come at any time. There's nothing between you and God that would prohibit you from receiving it. And so this is how he wants us to live, trusting him, not out on a limb trusting where we can't see anything, but trusting him in that we expect his word to come to pass. It's that expectation that he wants to see out of us. So they came to Elim where there were, what, oh, 12 wells of water. We got wells of water? Wow, where did them wells come from? And three score and ten palm trees. Oh, we got shade too. We got an oasis. And they camped there by the water. So this place was big enough for they say two or three million people to live. That's a pretty big place. Amen. Them was some big palm trees if they kept everybody shaded. Amen. But it doesn't take much for God to, to, uh, uh work with us. And get us satisfied that he's made provision for us. Amen. So they camped at that place and stayed there. Why? Because it was good, a good place for them to live. So God keeps his word. They obey Moses. They button up their lips. Amen. They quit complaining. Amen. And and not very long afterwards, they come upon, and it's interesting, he never, the Bible never says how long it took them to get to Elim. Huh? It might have been just over the next whatever. Might have been they got full uh, at Mara and maybe filled up their little canteens. And before the canteens ran out, they were there. In fact, God wanted them there. He never wanted them to experience lack. But he let them see what it would be like if they didn't trust him. If they didn't obey him. So they have all of these life lessons. Amen. All of these lessons. And the Bible says that God did this to them as examples for us. So we can see God really means what he says in his word. He really means that we won't eat. And we won't have shelter if we don't obey him. Amen. Now there have been some of us that have had lack. But we've never been kicked out on the streets. I can say I haven't. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And, and, and sometimes we've had to, to just go from meal to meal or a little bit to little bit for a season. Amen. And, and then let God go to God and say, God, I want abundance. You say your word that abundance is mine. I ain't seeing it right now. Not throwing no shade. God, but I ain't saying it right now. So tell me what I need to do. And sometimes God will just tell you, just straighten up. Just worship me a little bit more. Clean your pipes out. 
of all the confusion, all the doubt, all the fear, all the pain, all the I'll never have, all that kind of stuff. Just clean that out. Amen? Think about all the times the thought came to you that you would never see abundance. And like most of us are seeing it now, or at least we're comfortable We have the abundance that we think we're supposed to have. I think we're all pretty much living that way. You know, it might be a little challenge from here to there, but you've got open doors where God would bring bring in provision for you. You know the way, how to get it. You know it's right there for you. Amen? I had to finally learn how to quit buying so much food. I think I'm delivered. I mean, it's been a lot of years. It's been decades, folks, you know? Just thinking, oh, I better get more of this because whatever, you know, no good reason. Just got to get more of it. Amen. And I'm learning to live by faith. I don't have to have more right there in my grasp. I can, the more can be over in the grocery store somewhere, you know, and I can go get it when I need it. Amen. I don't have to store it all up here. It's taken a while for me to get there, folks. Amen. Uh, now, I'm, I will confess I got two hams in my freezer. I'm not sure. Haters, don't be judging. If I'm hamming, you're going to be hating. Don't hate me because I got two hams. I'll figure it out sooner or later. Uh, Chuck over there. Oh, she got the two hams over there. She put that in her memory bank. Don't be banking my ham in your brain. Amen. (laughs) So God gets them where he wants them to go. He didn't want them to go to Mara. I just totally believe that. He did not order their steps there that way. They took a detour there. And what happened there? He proved them. He tested them. He said, are you going to turn to me and ask me to provide for you? Or are you going to continue to be hating? Amen. To be resentful. To think I don't mean you any good. Amen. God gives us a chance to be wrong about him and then correct us. He doesn't mind people misunderstanding him. But he's there to teach. Once he enlightens you, though, you hold on to that. Don't go back to square one again thinking he's not providing for you or thinking you did something wrong that can't be repaired. Amen. Uh, it can all be forgiven, folks. So if, if, if you're carrying something around, let it go. Amen. And just, just live for God. Live in faith. Live in contentment with him. Live in joy with him. You know, try to start a new level of your relationship with God. God, I'm going to trust you in a different way. Show me what that is. I want to trust you in the way you want me to trust you. I'm not going to call the shots. I'm going to let you call the shots. I'm going to let you be God. How about that? (laughs) What a novel idea. Amen. I'm going to let you be who you are. Amen. And so so there were 12 wells of water, one for every tribe, so they didn't have to fight over nothing. Amen. Three score and ten palm trees. That's a lot of palm trees. There's three trees for every tribe. And they encamped there by the waters. So God was able to bring provision to them in a great way. Later on, he gives them the law. In Deuteronomy 7.15, it tells them, them that, that he will not put disease on them. He reiterates what he has said. 
Amen. Let me find it so I can read it. Amen. Deuteronomy is is the second time the law was laid down to them. Why? Because we need to hear it over and over and over again. It's new to us. Amen. So in 7.15, and the Lord will take away, he says in 14, uh, this is just full of blessings. You shall be blessed above all people. I mean, that's that's Christians. Amen. There shall not be a male or female barren among you or among your cattle. And the Lord will take away from you all sickness. Every single sickness. Nothing's incurable with God. Amen. And I will put none of the evil disease of Egypt, which you know. See, you've been afflicted with that before. It's not coming back. So he makes an utter end. We're up in Naaman one nine now. He makes an utter end. The affliction will not rise up a second time. Amen. You've been afflicted in Egypt with this, but not here. You're in a new place with me, is what the Lord is saying to them. The reason it's illegal is because God says he will not put disease on us. Amen. Which means we don't have to receive it. If your daddy didn't send it, you don't have to get it. Amen. You don't have to receive anything that he wouldn't put fear on us. That spirit doesn't come from God. So if you got butterflies in your stomach, you tell them to go and say, shoo, butterfly, get out of there. God didn't send you to me and you don't have to respect it. Amen. And don't attach any kind of, you know, connection to it. You know, sometimes you'll say, oh, what's making me nervous? You start thinking about stuff. Don't do that. You're not to have fear. You're not to have anxiety. You're to cast your cares upon him and let him take care of you. Amen. He wants to take care of us. Amen. Amen. Uh, oh, in Psalms 105. Reiterates this same thing. And it's really a result of Exodus 12, uh, 22. Where the blood was put all over the doorpost for remission of sin. That blood atonement covered them into the wilderness. That was still active when they went into the wilderness. Amen. When they went to murmuring and complaining. The reason God could fix it is because that blood was still in force. It hadn't worn out. It hadn't lost its power. It never loses its power. I don't care if it is the blood of a lamb. It didn't lose its power until a lamb was required again. Amen. And so this was a renewable covenant. This was a covenant you could step into through obedience and step out of disobedience. Why? Because the blood takes care of that. You know, you don't have to make another uh, another uh, 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 sacrifice again. It's renewable. So in Psalm 105.37, it says, And he brought them forth with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribe. Amen? It's like that. Isaiah 33.24 says, The inhabitants of this land shall not say, I am sick, because their sins are forgiven. Again, back to the blood again. And what the blood does to atone for our wrongdoing it's not that we're, we're supposed to do wrong, and it's not that we're not supposed to. 
It's that we happen to do it. You got me? It happens. Amen. And so when when stuff happens, then God has a, a happening that already happened to take took care of it. He has shed blood that paid for that penalty. So we don't have to live out the penalty. Other than that, we would. Sickness would be something that we'd have to accept. But to be honest, we can intercede for people that don't even believe God, don't even trust God sometimes, that aren't even born again. Why? Because he died for the sins of the whole world. God forgives and will lift that that burden off of them so that they can receive the goodness of God. And it's his goodness that leads them to repentance. Reason the church doesn't have more converts and more true believers sitting up in there. They got people in there. You know, understand what I'm saying? God knows who's his. But many of those people have not been saved under a repentance uh, message. They've never heard repentance because many of them continue to sin. And I'm talking about from pulpit to pew to to the mouse in the in the in the in the mouse hole, huh? Because because they they haven't been brought into that foundation of the blood. See if the devil can take the blood out of our services, our sermons, and, and revelation on what the blood has done for us, he'll do it, and will cause us to miss out. That's how people get into sin and then just continue to do it because they think there's no hope for them. They haven't been bought into that, brought into that real re- revelation to know their sins are forgiven. You know what I'm saying? The Baptists have a good tradition on salvation. You know, they'll know their sins are forgiven. They might sin, 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 sin. I oh, know I'm going back to church. Devil ain't going to keep me out of church. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Many denominations are like that. You know, some of your Pentecostal denominations. I'm going back to Jesus. I'm going back to the altar. The devil can't keep me out of that. I'm saved. I know I'm saved. I may not be acting like it right now, but I know I'm You understand? That's faith. It's faith in the blood. Amen? Because the blood never loses its power. All right. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word. Amen. Thank you for understanding. Thank you, Lord, for revelation. Thank you, Lord, for quickening to us what it is that your word has for us. And we thank you, Lord, for the power of the blood, the eternal power that always renews our covenant with you, that always keeps us in proper position to be able to obey you and be able to receive, live in harmony and peace with you and be able to receive fellowship with you and everything that we need. So we thank you, Lord, for your shed blood cleanses us, from all unrighteousness and against righteousness there is no law so we can expect to receive from you as we rely on your precious holy blood in Jesus name amen and praise God amen why don't we do our declaration I don't have Rona and she don't have me I can't get Rona and she can't get me and I thank you Lord that by your stripes We are healed. Yes, amen, amen, and amen again. It's so decreed. Amen. Praise God.